This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. I'm so excited today because for the first time in three weeks, our deep dive is not about the scandal. Can we get a round of applause? I mean, of course, we have scandal updates, but my gosh, it felt like the story truly that would not end. And although Hindsight is 2020 is not in the pop three. The honorable mention for this episode of MPT is Tom Sandoval and his hindsight is 2020. Did you guys see the TMZ video? And, you know, last week, right after I got done posting the podcast episode and I was talking about how, why is this the same guy that's coming up to Ariana and Tom Schwartz. I was like, that's kind of weird. And then he came up to Raquel and now he's up to Tom Sandoval. I'm wondering if this was like his specific assignment, but Tom Sandoval, we got our first glimpse of him post Scandoval. And <laughs> you guys, I shouldn't laugh, but the video makes me laugh so hard because this paparazzi has no idea what hindsight is 2020 means. And Tom, Tom Sandoval is like, struggling to put his cheetah print suitcase in the backseat of his pickup truck. And the guy's like, so do you regret anything, man? And Tom's like, yeah, dude, hindsight is twenty twenty. And the guy's like, yeah, so you're looking forward to the future. <laughs> and Tom, Tom like gives him the death stare multiple times. He's like, no, dude, let me, let me do my best stand of all. I don't know if it's going to be any good. No, dude. Hindsight is twenty twenty, And then he slams the car door shut. And he's like, so you don't regret anything? He's like, dude, you know what? You know what hindsight is twenty twenty means, right? And you know, he's talking with his hands a lot because that's what he does. He's like, it's when you look back on a situation and you're like, oh, of course I could have done better. Of course. Of course, dude. <laughs> it's not funny, but it cracks me up every single time. So here's your reminder, your PSA for the day from Tom Sandoval and TMZ. Hindsight is twenty twenty, baby. Let's jump in to the pop three. While we're speaking of Scandal, Sheena and Raquel went to court, kind of, but not really. Um, this was over the restraining order against Sheena. It was dismissed because Raquel was a no-show. And Sheena's lawyer, Sheena's lawyer, snaps for Sheena's lawyer because he's serving it up to page six, TMZ, E! News. He's given us the quotes. He says, first of all, 
Sheena never punched Raquel in the face. His name is Nima Ramani. He says Sheena didn't punch Raquel. Or actually, he calls her Rachel by her legal name. <laughs> Sheena didn't punch Rachel. Rachel didn't get a black eye. Sheena pushed Rachel, but only after Rachel grabbed her wrist and Rachel did not suffer a concussion. He says, this isn't reality TV. This is the real world. And Rachel's actions have real consequences. Rachel filed a false police report, a false medical report, and frivolous petition for a restraining order. So in the court filing, Raquel said that Sheena pushed her against the wall, caused injury, punched her in the face, gave her a concussion. Obviously, we know that is not really how the situation went so you know going back and re-watching the season um because i'm making david rewatch it with me which sidebar you guys he goes back to london next week for like long time so keep me in your t's and p's anyways going back and watching like the havasu trip when all the girls are in like havasu the the discoloration is always under her eye so I don't know if she's just got like permanent bruising or if that's just the way her face looks. I don't know. And, you know, in that TMZ thing, she was like, well, I have this scratch on my head. Who knows if that is from Sheena, but, you know, it is what it is. Before we move on, and this is the only Scandal update for the week, I want to just get something out into the universe that's starting to bother me. And that's Lala Kent like period, end of sentence, she's starting to bother me with this whole situation. Because I feel like every day I wake up, I check the news outlets, and Lala Kent has said something to get herself on the front page of page six. Like today, for example, she she went on Jeff Lewis Live, which I get it. Like you're, you do podcasting, you're going to talk about stuff. But she's like, yeah, um, you know, I dismissed a lot of things. I saw Raquel and Tom under the covers together, and she's saying all this stuff. But in another interview, I saw she said, because they were, t- I actually I think it was the same interview. She was talking, people are like, well, why didn't you tell Ariana? And she said something along the lines of, I, I told Sheena because Sheena's closer to Ariana. She says, I could never be close to Ariana because I didn't like Tom Sandoval. So, while I, you know, love and respect her, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but the sentiment was we're friends, but we're not close because I couldn't be close with Tom Sandoval. Then why are you talking about this so much? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just really starting to rub me the wrong way because even like the send it to Daryl stuff, like at first I thought it was funny, but it's like, how how much are you going to you know, quote unquote profit off of your friend's heartache when you just admit you weren't even that close to her because of Tom Sandoval. And I get it. She's going to be there to rally for Ariana as she should, but should she be constantly talking? She's like the spokesperson for Sandoval right now between her and Sheena. But the difference with Sheena is Sheena is saying things that happen to her when it comes to the situation, right? Because she was actually really friends with Raquel. So anyways, that's my rant about Lala. Let's move on to headline number two in this week's pop three, the Kardashians trailer for season three. We got a 45-second trailer. I think it is a nothing burger. 
we're going to discuss if we think the Kardashians are in their flop area, but area (laughs) in their flop era. But first, some interesting tidbits. And I really have no idea if they mean anything, but I do think they were intentional is that each character in the show has one line in the trailer, except for Kim, who has two and Chris has none. So I'm going to kind of go through the trailer start to finish, um, tell you what they say, and then kind of give you my thoughts about it. So it starts by Kim saying, listen, everyone has their own truth of how they think something happened, which I agree with her. Um, but obviously people are like, what she's the big question is, are they going to talk about the Balenciaga scandal? Because, you know, they didn't talk about Astro World, which I think the two situations are different, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, but I do think that Kim specifically got so much backlash for the Balenciaga stuff. Um and, sh- and that's when they started to go radio silent, right? So I think she might be referring to that. Might be. I don't know. Maybe it's Kanye stuff. Maybe it's Pete Davidson stuff. I don't know. Chloe says, I want to tell you that this is going to be a mild, relaxing season. It's not. And let me tell you, if if Chloe tells us in season three that she's back with Tristan, like I'm all I'm already 90% out on the show, I will be a hundred percent out. Like it is so, you know, there's all these Dumois blinds that they've been together for a while. Tristan just bought a house three doors down from Chloe. So it's like, I don't know if they were together, would he be buying his own house or would he just be moving in? I don't know, whatever. Um, so then Courtney says, there's no sense of loyalty. And it's like, she's talking about Scott. Right, because the very next clip is Scott Disick, a Scott sighting, the Lord Disick sighting, which people are excited that Scott is back because he's honestly one of the best parts about the show. He's at least funny. And if it's another Courtney yelling at her family because they want to invite Scott to things, I'm like, haven't we been down this road for the past, I don't know, five years? Kendall says, it all comes back to protecting my peace. That's all you do, Kendall, is protect your peace. So much so that you give us nothing. And then Kylie says, we have huge influence. What are we doing with our power? And then Kim says, let's talk about it. You know, alluding to the Balenciaga scandal, in my opinion. Will they talk about it? I don't know. For the first time ever. Ever in the trailer, they don't remind us that they're a family. They must have seen all my posts about it last season because it was like every season of the Kardashians ever, they're like, but we're a family and you can't, you can't bring us down because we're a family. And even if you cheat on us, we're a family. I'm like, you guys, we know, we know that you're a family. You don't have to remind us in every single trailer. And so it was a running joke on the page. Every time that they would come out with a new trailer, I'd be like, Oh, Kim reminded us this time that they're a family. Chloe reminded us this time that they're a family. Chris reminded us this time and they didn't do it. So you guys are welcome. Potentially. I just have to say when you compare the Vanderpump Rules trailer to the Kardashians trailer, child's play, like save it for Disney plus with the kids watching PJ Masks after school. Are the Kardashians losing their clout? I think they are honestly. For a lot of different reasons, I think like everything that I've just said, people are tired of the same. There's so many great shows out there like 
you know, the season of Vanderpump Rules, Love is Blind, which we're going to talk about. There's so much good content out there that people don't want to watch these rich women in their houses. You know, we, the fact that we had to watch four episodes dedicated to Kim Kardashian going to the Met Gala last year was like, ugh. I got to be honest, I I didn't watch after like the fourth episode. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Third and final headline in the pop three, Mike Fleiss is leaving the Bachelor franchise. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the ending yet, people were so mad at me. There's nothing like the feeling of being confident in your own skin. It's something that I have struggled with in the past, which is why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best with no complicated routines, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. Right now, I'm using the OS1 Eye Topical Supplement to help strengthen and firm the skin around my eyes. So far, I've noticed it has improved hydration and improved firmness. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support the show and tell them I sent you because I love you like a sis so mad at me on Instagram because I posted a video about a theory that I had and it said, and it had a picture of Zach proposing to Katie. Look, it wasn't at eight o'clock on Monday night. It was at four o'clock the next day. And if you're listening to me and I get it, I'm a next day watcher. I have to wake up at 5 a.m. for my real job. So I'm not staying up till 11 o'clock to watch The Bachelor, which, by the way, charity season is going to start at 9 p.m. every week. So chew on that. I get it. But also, like, if I'm trying to avoid spoilers, I'm not going on the internet. It's not my responsibility to know your schedule, okay? So I'm just doing my job. Don't be mad at me. I still love you. Anywho, Mike Fleiss, the creator of The Bachelor franchise, announced he's leaving after 21 years on the show. He says, I want to thank WBTV and ABC for 21 extraordinary years. They found the perfect creative team for me to entrust The Bachelor franchise and keep this lightning in a bottle bold and moving forward. Let the journey continue. I talked about this on my page, but the decision from Mike Fleiss to leave The Bachelor franchise did not happen overnight. It's actually been a long time in the works. And, you know, I'm of the opinion that Mike Fleiss for maybe, maybe when I say seasons, I mean both Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons in one year. So I'm thinking maybe um, two years was looking for when his exit was going to be. And I really think that that is why we've seen a lot of the casting choices that we have seen. 
Mike Fleiss, the creator, after 21 years, could not go out on a bad note. He couldn't go out on a season like Pilot Pete's. He couldn't go out on a season like Matt James. Because at that point, it's like, what is the final chapter in your legacy, right? This is why I am very convinced and have some intel that they really wanted Michael A. to be The Bachelor. Because they wanted, and I think that season, Clayton's season, was going to be Mike's last season. But obviously, it blew up in flames. But everybody was rooting for Michael. You know, he has such a sad story. You're just rooting for him to find love. It would be the, you know, the perfect way to end his tenure, Mike Fleiss. And even Clayton, I believe that in their talks behind the scenes, you know, because they interview tons of candidates and, and the conversation had to have been with these guys. Look, I got to go out on high. I need a clean and classic season. No controversies. I need an engagement. Obviously, Clayton really messed that one up. But how confused were we all when Clayton was chosen to be The Bachelor? We were like, what? Now, I will say going into the season, I believe that Clayton was all in. He was like, yes, I will get engaged. I want to do it right. Obviously, he made choices that made that impossible for him. But I do believe that he sold it to the producers that he would be their final season. So then you have Zach and we're like, same thing, right? Why Zach out of, you know, you had Rodney had a great season on the beach. You had a lot of different options. People are like, Zach, same thing. I think in those behind the scenes conversations, Zach is like, yes, I am going to take this seriously. I want to find my wife. I want to be married. I want to get engaged at the end of this. I want to give you your fairy book ending, you know? And I think this is also why we saw a lot of Sean Lowe. They wanted us to be reminded that the show works, that there are good guys out there that are going to do it right, that are going to get married and they're going to get engaged and they're not going to have any huge scandals, which of course we had a scandal early in the season with Greer. But other than that, not a whole lot. So don't think that this hasn't been a long time in the making. It has. So who's taking his place? According to Deadline, Claire Freeland, Jason Elric, and longtime executive producer Bennett Grabner are taking over. So all of them have a lot of experience. Um, Freeland was a showrunner of The Bachelor in Canada. Um, Elric had been a showrunner on The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor Pad in the United States. And then Grabler had been a longtime executive producer on the franchise. So they're all more, you know, than capable of carrying on the flag, if you will. We're going to recap the whole episode, the whole finale on The Bachelor Brain Dump on the Patreon on Friday. The link is in the description below if you want to subscribe. I will say... Some interesting tea that came out of the Bachelor finale was that Zach said they aired his final dates out of order. A lot of people were mad at Zach because Gabby had this gut feeling that it wasn't going to be her, right? And you see her crying on the beach and she's like, why can't you just make up your mind? And Zach's like, I just, I haven't, it's such a hard decision. I don't know. And then we get to the end and he tells Katie, it's always been you. I knew it was you. Like there was no doubt in my mind. And people were like, what? Did you just straight up lie to Gabby? 
Well, Zach and Katie did an interview with Sarah Heron from Us Weekly, and he said that Gabby's date was actually first. And so when he had that date with Gabby, he was still confused. He didn't know what he was going to do. But then the second date, the final date before the last rose ceremony, his date with Katie solidified his feelings. And when he saw her, he was like, that's my wife. I know what I have to do. So you can't always believe what you see on TV, folks. And that brings us to the deep dive. Every week on my Instagram at Morgan P Talks, I open the deep dive for your submissions. What do you want to know more about? Love is blind is back, baby. So we're going to dive deep. This week, it's from Becca. Hey, Morgan, this is Becca in McKinney, Texas. I would love a deep dive about the new season of Love is Blind. Do you think Irina and Micah were mean girls? Do you have any tea? Love you like a sis. Becca, love you like a sis. And yes, I have tea. I have some answers to some misconceptions. I have some pieces of the puzzle that we're going to be putting together. Um, Maybe like Zach's finales, some editing tricks that they have done this season. So season four, Love is Blind, the entire cast is coming to us from Seattle, Washington. And if you haven't watched all five episodes yet, this probably isn't the podcast episode for you. Watch the episodes and come back. But I'm just going to go through the people who are left and we'll talk about some stuff that happened in the pods with the couples that are, you know, there as of episode five. So first you have Brett and Tiffany, currently America's favorite couple, even more so than Zach and Katie. I really love them both equally. I'm like praying that they don't throw us a curveball. You know, Brett, very vulnerable about his upbringing, talking about how he didn't want to invite friends over because they didn't have electricity, how he worked his way to his dream job at Nike. I really love Brett. And I, I believe he's in his mid to upper thirties. And so is Tiffany, which a lot of people are making this point where they're like, why don't they cast, you know, people in their thirties who actually are ready to be serious about getting married? Because Tiffany also gorgeous, strong, independent, but ready to find her life partner. Now she did fall asleep in the pods. And to me, that was a Raven jumping jacks moment, but I, um, I was listening because Natalie and Deep D just came out with a new podcast called Out of the Pods, and they said that sometimes these late night dates start at midnight. Okay, so first of all, you're completely exhausted. You're talking for hours. You add alcohol into the mix, and it's just a recipe for disaster. So we give her grace for falling asleep. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Speaking of the drinks, here's some tea on 
the cups that they use for Love is Blind. This is a really interesting tidbit. So, you know, they have those gold goblets that they carry everywhere, right? And you're like, why can't they just drink out of a normal glass? Well, the reason why they always use those glasses is for continuity. I call them continuity cups. Because if you have a glass that you can see through and you're piecing, you know, if you're editing things together that aren't necessarily in that chronological timeline, viewers are going to be able to see, oh, the glass is full here, but the next second it's completely empty. And while they're in the pods, it might not be that big of a deal. But when I was watching After the Altar for season three and they were, you know, back in their hometowns and they were out to eat in these public places and they still had their gold cups. I'm like, look, I know that they don't have the gold cups in the back of Olive Garden. Like, what are you guys doing here? So that's why they use those cups so that it doesn't give away any of their editing tricks. So our next couple, Kwame and Chelsea. Now I know that Chelsea is a little odd, but I love her. You know what I mean? Like I like her. I like her energy. I want to be friends with her. I feel like she is a girl's girl. I feel like she knows herself. And I said episode one. I was not convinced about Kwame. I think he's a smooth talker. I think he knows what to say to women to get certain reactions out of them. I feel like he tailors his language to whoever he's speaking to at that moment, you know, it's always, and it's always like really deep and intimate phrases, right? Like you're speaking straight to my soul and I'm so attracted to your mind and all of these really deep things. But he would say it to Chelsea in one moment. And then he would say it to Micah in another moment. And I'm like, I don't know about this. And I I think he's, He's doing Chelsea dirty. You know, obviously, like I said, his two choices were Micah and Chelsea. Micah turns him down. And so he went with Chelsea and they still might have a connection. But the conversation in the pool with Micah and Kwame was like so disrespectful to Chelsea. Paul didn't care at all. And I'll get to that in a second. But their body language towards each other, they were like really leaning into each other and grabbing each other's hands and talking very closely. And He totally downplayed the conversation to Chelsea and, in my opinion, gave half-truths and not the full story. And I love, love that Chelsea stood up for herself. And she was like, point blank, period. It should not happen. It will never happen again. Capiche? You know, and he's like, okay. I like the way that she confronts Kwame and not Micah because a lot of women – their default is to blame the other wo- woman. And it's it's normal to get, I mean, if I was in that situation, I was Chelsea, I would be like pissed at both of them and be like, what the heck? But I would also be like, like, what, Michael, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to steal my man? We just, I guess I shouldn't speak for all of us, but, you know, sometimes people just have a tendency of getting more angry with the woman than the man who's also contributing to this situation, but she's like, I also like the way that she talked to Micah about it. She's obviously we didn't get the full conversation because the thunderstorm happened, but I thought she was very respectful while still letting her feelings be known. I'm giving Kwame one more chance before I put him into Bartiz category, you know, the Bartiz bin. He's there alone right now, but Kwame might be in that bin pretty soon if he doesn't straighten up. Okay. Paul and Micah don't like each other. 
You guys, there's no chemistry there whatsoever. And here's the Tian Paul and Micah. Like I told you, I listened to Natalie and Deep D's podcast, which I liked. They only had two episodes and they're just recapping, you know, the episodes, but they do give behind the scenes tea at first, you know, the first five minutes, I'll be completely honest with you because I'm not going to tell you to listen to something that's horrible, but I'm listening to it. And, you know, I'm very animated. I'm loud. Like I, I borderline have to turn my microphone all the way down because I shout like the majority of my podcast, but like Natalie and TT, they both have very calming voices. And I was like, am I going to be put to sleep like Tiffany and the pods? But I actually found it very relaxing, but easy to listen to and interesting to listen to because they do have the perspective of actually being there before. So sources from production told Natalie, and she said this on the podcast, and this potentially could be a mini spoiler. If you don't really want to know what's going on between Paul and Micah, skip forward like a minute. Uh, But if you do want to know, so there's your spoiler warning. Uh, Natalie said that according to her sources, they're not genuine in their relationship. They know it's not going to work, but that they want TV time. Maybe that's why Paula's MIA during that pool conversation between Micah and Kwame doesn't really care what's going on. Maybe that's why he's entertaining the idea of stealing Arena, you know, from Zach. Natalie's prediction was that in the upcoming episodes, they're going to try to portray themselves as a strong couple you know, but stay in a friendship to stay on for screen time and then say no at the altar. So we'll have to see. Um, But it makes sense. And I mean, she, Micah really entertains the conversation with Kwame. So I can't say that I think Natalie's prediction is too far off. Last, no, not last but not least. We still have two couples. Oh, Lord have mercy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Irina and Zach, she hates him. He really tried. I understand how people could get weird vibes from Zach, but I hate how mean they all are to him. They are so mean to him, except for Paul. Paul's his dude. And like, you cannot vibe with someone. You can think they might be a little weird, but like, you don't have to ridicule him. Like we're in seventh grade. You don't have to say on national television that he gives you the ick. Like, That is so mean. You know, a lot of the convos about the mean girls, Michael and Arena, which we'll get into. But can we just make this public service announcement a rule of thumb for anyone who goes on Love is Blind? Don't sing ever. If you're Mariah Carey, don't sing in the pods. Just don't do it. I was aching, breaking down. The bluest guy, the blues had found. I've I've watched the clip so many times. I know I know how it goes. You found me all alone. I found myself a Blarney Stone. I don't know what a Blarney Stone is. I need to up my stone game. But people were ripping on Zach too. They're like, bro, you did not. 
uh, write that song because in the pause you said I wrote you a little song. It was actually a real life song, which kind of makes me sad for the people that actually wrote it because it's being ripped to shreds. But Zach said on the band's Instagram account, he said, I actually explained that this was not an original song and that I changed the lyrics to one of my favorite love songs that was cut along with the rest of the song, but a small portion. So I think, you know, what he's saying here is that Yes, this is a song. I changed some of the words later on, but they cut that part out. And so it's a little bit misconstrued. So anyways, okay, Bliss, the prediction. I think she's going to give him another chance. Not because it's going to work, but I think she wants to be on Love is Blind. Look, you're not going to go through the entire casting process. Go through the pods, be second choice, be upset about it. See that there potentially could be future with somebody. You know, not work, have it not work out. And then a week later, have the guy come back and be like, I messed up. Can we please do it? Like, I'm not going to knock you bliss. If you want your 15 minutes at this point, you earned it. You deserved it. And because you were the second choice, I think you should take advantage of it, sister. And if you find love in the end, wonderful. If not, you'll gain some followers. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I want to see more of bliss. Okay. Now last, but certainly not least, Marshall and Jacqueline. If you didn't know, Marshall is cousins with Bachelor Nation star Justin Glaze, by the way. I'm really undecided about these two. Um, They feel very yin and yang to me. You know, she says whatever is on her mind and doesn't really think twice about it, where I think he is more reserved and really thinks things through. I didn't love the way Jacqueline spoke about the other women. Like, I can't tell where her loyalties lie. Like in one breath, she calls Irina and Micah freaking frack. And then she says to Micah, like, uh, talking about Chelsea, like, I don't think Micah wants your man. Like, you know, she just kind of pops off a little bit at the mouth and I'm just confused about her energy. It seems a bit unpredictable to me. Um, a lot of people confused about what her emotional breakdown was about because the show gave literally no context whatsoever at what she was crying about. Um, but she revealed on her Instagram that she really has some heavy stuff going on back home. Her father at the time uh, was battling cancer. She said, my father at the time was fighting stage two, had a neck cancer, had a feeding tube in his stomach had the back of his tongue removed and had 11 cancerous lymph nodes removed from his neck a few months before I filmed the show. I felt guilty being happy and enjoying my time in Mexico because my family deserves time away. She says, my mental breakdown in Mexico was all the emotions of being head of the house, having my family depending on me and having the weight of my emotions and feelings all colliding at once. She also shared that her brother recently was released um, from prison and she looks after him as well. So I feel for her. Her family situation is very tough. Uh, she, she seems like the provider of the family that's kind of come with a lot of responsibility, a lot of pressure. And, you know, like when you're on a reality dating show in Mexico, you could be thinking to yourself, like, what, like, what am I doing here? Maybe it just all boiled up. Obviously it's an emotional pressure cooker, regardless of situations that are going on back home. So, you know, Marshall said to her, you know, we talked about this. I got you. You're not going back alone. So while I'm not entirely convinced that these two will last, um, I think Marshall is the type of guy who will stick by her side through hard times. So I'm glad that she was getting the comfort from him that she needed in that moment. Okay. 
Irina and Mike, Micah are being dubbed the mean girls, the new villains on the block. Fans are really not enjoying these two, especially together. There's really a list of things that they did to rub people the wrong way. You know, in the beginning, laughing at Amber when she was crying over Paul, like listening through the wall. Jacqueline had a moment in the pods where she was crying over a situation and Micah and Arena were like smirking and laughing. Now, before the premiere in March, Micah said, quote, what Arena did for me was make me laugh and reminded me who I am and that I like to laugh. I like to joke. Like, this is a really serious situation, but I don't have to be miserable. Like, I can enjoy myself a little bit, and she gave me that, and for that, I don't regret it, okay? But that was before the premiere. Obviously, there's lots of backlash coming in, so she backtracks on that in a little bit. But at March 25th, so a couple days after the episodes dropped, she said on her Instagram story, this is Micah, despite all the lovely wishes, I am indeed still alive with heart emojis. So it's kind of vague, but I can imagine she's talking about internet backlash. Irina has said, with Micah, we were laughing because, yes, it was very serious and it was very intense and it was very hard. So I don't want to brush it off and say that we weren't taking it seriously. It's just more our perspective. That's how we coped about it. We laughed and made the best out of it. We didn't intend to be mean or intentionally hurt anybody at all. That does honestly hurt me hearing that. And I hope I can have some conversation to fix that later. Um, So at first, they kind of have this nonchalant attitude about the backlash, but it's continuing to grow. So even this week, Micah posted this Instagram apology on her story. She says, a small note, I have apologized to the people that were hurt on the show by my hands. I would like to apologize publicly. An emotional immaturity has shown and I will grow from it. I'm sorry I've triggered so many of you with my behavior. Seeing that person on the screen would make me feel the same anger. She says, after turning off comments, oh, no, she did turn off the comments on her social media. And then she says, I'm doing my best to protect my mental health, deserved or not. It has always been something I've struggled with. And I know I cannot better myself if I'm more unwell mentally. I hope you understand that I'm taking accountability privately. I promise to do better in the future. Okay, so my thoughts on the on the dubbed mean girls. If you're going on a reality television show, you have to have some type of self-awareness to be on TV. You know, every little thing you do is being filmed. And either these two have no self-awareness of how their actions come across. They either don't have any self-awareness or they knew what they were doing all along and they were leaning into it. You know what I mean? Like there's no gray area there. I don't think I don't really think like a notes app apology is necessary after five episodes, but I think maybe Micah knows it's only going to get worse. (laughs) Maybe she's trying to get out in front of it. Maybe an unpopular opinion, but I think Irina's meaner than Micah. They're, I mean, they just don't really bring out the best in each other. Can we all agree on that? We can agree on that. I mean, we're so early into the season. I have to say, I really am enjoying the season more so than seasons in the past. I feel like they finally have gotten have gotten the edit onto a a good pace. I remember watching seasons, you know, one through three, sometimes thinking that, oh, this is kind of slow and like there's not a lot of payoff when you get invested in these relationships and then they don't go past the pods, but I'm really loving season four so far. So there you have it. 
final thoughts this week, we're going to talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because they are currently filming season 13. We haven't heard a lot, but it's in full swing and we've been seeing some familiar faces pop up, which makes me excited. So fresh off the heels of the decision to let go controversial housewife, Lisa Rinna. Here is who has been spotted filming for the upcoming season of Beverly Hills. Denise Richards, Camille Grammer, Kim Richards, and Cynthia Bailey. I mean, heavy hitters pulling out all the stops. So Denise, Camille, and Cynthia all were at a dinner party that Kyle threw. Camille posted some BTS from the party. Um like of somebody making a cocktail and there was a camera in the background and then fans noted Denise's name card at the dinner setting. And, you know, she's dropping hints on Instagram that she's coming back. Cynthia and all of these people, I don't think are coming back as full-time cast members. I think they're just making little cameos, including Cynthia, because, um, she came to the same dinner party as a guest of Sutton, which, I'm not surprised by some people might think, oh, that's kind of odd, but I don't know if they met at BravoCon, but I saw them together at BravoCon. I actually got a picture of me, Cynthia, and Sutton at BravoCon, so I think they did spend some time together there, Um, and a source told ET, although cameras were rolling, Cynthia's not an official cast member, but she often is invited to events by the cast and she decided to go to the dinner. She might be popping in and out as a guest this upcoming season. Nothing is official. And right now it's casual. Cynthia's focused on her acting career, which is what she said at BravoCon, you know, because she moved from Atlanta to um, California last year. Um, and she said at BravoCon that even though she like could potentially be in the mix of Beverly Hills. She wanted to focus on her acting career, you know, after coming off of her divorce from Mike Hill. So not only were those three spotted, Kim Richards, who has not been on Beverly Hills since 2015, was spotted filming a scene with Dorit and Kyle walking around outside. I mean, Kim is always very animated. So to me, it looked like an intense conversation, but I just think that Kim in general has an intense presence. It seems like Kim and Kyle were on good terms from the pictures that we saw. They were hugging and, you know, just walking with Dari. Um, Kathy and Kyle, I don't know what the status is on um, Kathy Hilton's involvement in the upcoming season. There hasn't been like an official word, um, but the last thing that I saw Kyle say about her relationship with Kathy was in February, and that was that they hadn't seen each other in a while and that things still hadn't really been resolved since the reunion. So a lot of people are speculating online, like, why are they bringing all these people back? Is uh, season 13 flopping or editors scrambling? I'm not going to jump to any conclusions. I enjoy seeing Camille Grammer and Denise Richards and Kim Richards and Cynthia Bailey. So I'm going to reserve my judgments for when the show actually comes out. There was a rumor on All About the Tea that Lisa Renna is going to try to start her own reality show and become the new Kris Jenner. That rumor has been around for quite some time. This isn't the first time that I've ever heard it. Um, I feel like I heard it. I want to say like two years ago where, you know, the, the essence of it would be very Kardashian-esque. You know, you have Harry and Lisa and then you have their model singer daughters. I think Delilah like put out a song recently and following them around. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know it. I don't care what Lisa Renna does. 
and we'll end on that. Thanks again. If you haven't left a review on the show, please feel free to do so. A little five star. It helps tremendously in pushing the podcast to explore pages. So if you haven't and you're a fan of the show, please do show, please do so. Share it with a friend. If you missed extra pop this week, we talked all about the bombshell couple news that came out of the weekend with Emrata and Harry Styles, Selena and Zane, uh, Tasha Adams and Luke Branson. Yeah. You're going to want to hear that. So that's on the Patreon Extra Pop. Like I said, the Bachelor Brain Dump will be on Friday. The link to sign up to subscribe is in the description below. I'll see you next week. Bring a box of tissues because it'll be David's last Wednesday before he goes back to London. Ah, Okay, we're not going to think about it. Love you like a sis. See you later. A Huda Media Production.